At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, welcome everyone to the From the Shadows podcast. I'm your host, Shane Grove. And I'd like to say the super producer's with me, as always, but he's still not back. So everybody who didn't catch the uh, last couple short episodes we put up, uh, the super producer, Jason, he is still in the hospital. He's undergoing some rehab. Um, He is getting better. He's getting stronger. Uh, We don't know when he's going to get out, but uh, we just like the fact that he is is getting a little bit better um and for all of our fans out there if you're tuning in and wondering if you usually listen to us on youtube or a couple of the other uh podcast providers um and you're trying to figure out why we're not on those well the howler and i um can't figure out how to get the stuff up on youtube because jason still has the passwords and he has not been able to give them to us um, so we're just happy that, uh, it's, we're able to get it up on the, uh, platforms that we are. So we appreciate everybody's patience. And when the, uh, when Jason comes back, we'll get everything straightened out and, and back to normal, we hope. Um, but, uh, until then, um, uh, if everybody, uh, wants to visit us on our Facebook pages at the, from the shadows, uh, page on Facebook or after the shadows on Facebook. Um, you can find me at Shane Grove author on Instagram or find us at from the shadows podcast on Instagram or go to our website from the shadows podcast.com and all those places you can contact us, especially if you have a story you want to share, um, because we, uh, we love, uh, we love firsthand accounts from, from listeners and fans and um that brings us to today's guest which you know we're i mean we're we're been waiting for three or four weeks to talk to talk to today's guest um before jason got sick we had this all lined up um and he comes to us from social media because we were uh 
we were talking to uh, Heather Mosier from the Small Town Monsters and kind of talking about a upcoming project they have on the Jersey Devil. And we kind of threw it out there that we were looking for somebody to talk about the Jersey Devil or just the Pine Barrens in New Jersey in general. And um, our guest, Jacob, he raised his hand like, hey, pick on me. Call me. I got some. I got a story for you. So without further ado, we're going to welcome Jacob to the show. Welcome, Jacob. Hey, thanks for having me. And I'm used to getting picked on, so. I <laughs> <laughs> used to getting picked on. Well, we're not going to pick on you. Um, but, uh, yeah, Jacob, so so first off, to, for all of our listeners all over the world, um, if you want to kind of describe what the Pine Barrens are and what makes them so unique. Um, and then And then, I mean, tell a little bit about yourself so that people understand why you're so knowledgeable about nature and, and the pine barrens themselves then and then kind of describe that yeah of course so um i was born and raised in southern new jersey um i've grew up in camden county which is on the border of the pine barrens and you know from a young age my family always took me out hiking and fishing uh you know from a young age i was looking for frogs snakes and doing all that type of stuff just getting my hands dirty with nature and just enjoying you know the woods I began exploring the Pine Barrens a decade ago. I used to pass through them a lot on my way to the beaches of South Jersey when I was a kid. And I was just so astonished by how mysterious and mysterious they were. And I've always wanted to go out there and just learn more about it. And I really didn't have a full scale of how crazy, how crazy big they are until I really got out there and just checked it out for myself. Um, the Pine Barrens are, were formed like millions of years ago, uh, they're, they take about take up about a quarter of the state of New Jersey, half of southern New Jersey. Uh, so about 12,000 years ago, uh, the uh, coastal plain, which was formed from the glaciers coming down from Canada, bringing up uh, plants and the lichen and mosses from southern parts of the United States and bring it up through New Jersey. So what you have are these plants mixture of from Canada, from uh, su- southern states, and then you have like these dunes throughout the Pinelands, which are they basically look like beach dunes from you get on the beach of the ocean, and there's large deposits of sands, even like shells throughout majority of the Pinelands. And this was from the southern portion of the state being underwater for an allotted amount of time. So you have those natural formations out there from the beach and the waves uh, just forming these uh, weird geological deposits um, that the southern portion of the state has. And um, um, I really, really just went in head first with studying all the creatures uh, up with that inhabited, mostly snakes and reptiles. Um, I've just started getting into mammal, uh, mammal research that out there and I'm just out there as much as possible, just learning new things, learning new areas and, you know, just getting boots on the ground and uh, doing what I love out there. Now, now didn't you now, Correct me if I'm wrong, but right, you you do something volunteer for the state, right, or for the wildlife there for a little bit. 
I was uh, I actually did volunteer work for the state uh, in uh, endangered and threatened uh, snake research, um, which the program that I was part of kind of retired and fell apart. So I wasn't I'm not currently volunteering for their for them anymore, but I would go out to certain areas and we would conduct uh, surveys to see what kind of stuff's out there um, and send in paperwork to the state so they can basically get a good handle of what forestry management to do there, whether it would be uh, controlled burns, which keeps um, keeps the areas open, keeps them uh, well-maintained. You know, there isn't buildup of pine needles and um, flammable material that could lead to a larger uh, fire that could be potentially very disastrous. Um, also, it, it keeps the, the areas open, uh, it keeps them lush, it keeps uh, from buildup of uh, oak trees, and it keeps it just keeps the areas in general clean. So when these areas these areas are found to have a certain endangered snake or a endangered frog or anything, there's um, acts put in place to keep the area. Uh, what's the word? It keeps it inhabit keeps it habitable for those creatures, so they continue to uh, grow and thrive in those spots. Now, now I am going to assume that you volunteering for this program is not what led to its demise. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so, ah, so, and I think, um, I think what a lot of people don't realize when they think New Jersey, New York, East Coast. You don't think of this huge, vast uh, parcels of land that are, you know, covered in pine trees and it's remote and there's just not really a lot of people out there. I don't think people really grasp that. Not all. People think of New Jersey as, you know, they think of the suburbs of New York, the suburbs of Philadelphia. I mean, we're between some of the largest main cities in the United States. You got... We're, you know, hour away from New York City, you know, a few minutes outside of Philadelphia, Baltimore's just down the road, Washington, D.C. It's just uh, just a lot of uh, different, you got people in and out of there going from city to city. And yeah, a lot of people, when they look at New Jersey, they look at industrial parks, they look at suburbs, they look at city traffic, beeping, pollution, but people don't really drive into the southern parts too much they don't see the huge vast swamps and pine uh, pine lands and marshes and they just think of it it's being a uh, utopia for people and i mean we are the most heavily populated state in the united states per square mile um i believe we have i might be wrong uh i believe we have about nine million people living in the state could be wrong though um, so there is a lot of people in the state, but what you have in the Southern portion of the, uh, of the state are just these large, vast tracts of game land, state forests, preserves that certainly a good portion of them are on un- 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 unexplored and just as wild as it gets really. And they, uh, in, in an area like uh, New Jersey, and so, and so, like, so the interest, you know, what interested us, the, the most famous story out of the Pine Barrens is the Jersey Devil story. And yeah. I mean, so what, so growing up there, living there, what is the feeling and what is the, uh, what do people 
talk about when it comes to the Jersey Devil. Like, what do they think? And, and are there sightings now of the Jersey Devil? So as far as recently, uh, there's been a few, but it's not. It's never been, you know, the uh, creature flying over the, the parkway or uh, the hooved creature flying on top of the roof. It's been mostly you know, red eyes shine in the woods, uh, like screams in the woods, like banshees, uh, which I've always kind of, you know, formulated that towards something else, not necessarily the Jersey devil, but I have, I've, you know, I've heard reports of people saying they've seen things like the Jersey devil. Um, I, it's hard for me to, I kind of grasp at straws with the Jersey devil because there's just so many different descriptions of it. Um, I've heard of descriptions between a three foot tall winged bat creature with a horse head and hooves and a tail, uh, flying around. Um, I've heard, uh, reports of it being a, like a dragon almost like a, uh, large, like 12 foot tall winged creature flying around breathing fire type thing. And I've heard reports of it being almost like a Sasquatch, just covered in hair, red eyes, and uh, yelling and screaming in the middle of the woods at night. And, you know, the original reports of it are of it being a winged creature flying around, bat-like. Um, but, like I said, I've the reports that I've heard are most mostly the latter of hair-covered creature out in the woods walking around and uh, just... Uh, screaming and and making and making a noise out there now because i because i i've heard some of your experiences already but i want to ask because i got a feeling there's some there's people out there going hmm so what is this what's this guy's deal <laughs> and so i'm gonna ask you're you're out there in the you were out there in the woods and you're still out there in the woods do do you think there's a natural explanation for what people saw? Is there a species out there in the Pine Barrens that people could have mistaken for for what they called the Jersey Devil? Or do you think there's something else out there that um, is running around that uh, might actually contribute to those uh, stories? I believe that the flying creature that people have seen, I don't doubt that anyone hasn't seen anything. I never question um, what someone's seen, but um, I should contribute. So people will contribute the uh, Jersey devil sightings to a sandhill crane, which they aren't native to the area, but they've uh, flown up. They fly up through the Southern States and they pop into New Jersey every once in a while. As far as natural, natural, um, natural things that it could be, I, I, I you know, I, I blank out with that. Like I said, I've had my own experiences out there. I really do contribute it to being some sort of mysterious creature out there that isn't discovered by science yet. And I mean, I, with my experiences that I've had out there, I don't, I really don't question too much of what people have seen out there um, as far as uh, the Jersey Devil goes. Well, all right, then let's, let's, let's let everybody find, hear about your uh, experiences out there and, I guess maybe we can come, they can, they can start coming to their own conclusion. Maybe what is running around out yeah. there. So um, the encounter that I had took place on a sunny, warm day in June of 2018. Um, I was with a friend of mine and we were out there hiking in some of the deep roads off of the highway that cuts through the area. Um, and this area is thick state forest. It's um, miles and miles of just swampland, uh, forest, cedar swamp, and 
it's a really it's a really treacherous area if you ever get out and walk around. So we were we were actually looking on Google Earth uh, for areas to do our sneak research at, and this area was a large sandy area. It was open. It was a big paleo dune, and I said we should go check that area out. You know, see what's there, to see what kind no, of ex- stuff. No, ex- explain what what you're talking about the the do the paleo dune. So paleo dunes are these uh, topographical. Uh, that's not the word. Uh, they're these geological. Um, mounds that are throughout the pine barren so think about like a sand dune you would see on the beach but out in the middle of the woods and they kind of they're these little rolling hills not more than not much for more than you know 50 60 foot uh just these mounds throughout the woods and they have lots of growth on them they have lichen they have mosses and they they have really good sugar what we call sugar sand which are these sandy areas that um are throughout the the pine barrens and so this particular ridge that we were looking at it you know looked really good it was in an area that was somewhat accessible to get to um it was uh it looked like a good area to get uh to go check out and uh this area this entire this ridge itself was surrounded by thick undergrowth like cat briar green briar uh swampland and it was a little bit uh tough to get to but we were you know finally able to get there you know, the green briars like nature's barbed wire if you've ever if you've ever walked in the woods and uh, walked into that stuff it's like these just thorns that go into your skin so it's really treacherous uh hiking to get to, through that type of stuff so we were walking through um some some old a uh, logging road that cut through there and it's it was about an hour, a mile and a half walk i would say which doesn't sound like a lot but through that kind of stuff, it's it's pretty treacherous. So as we were walking around, I came upon a pretty old hunting stand that was there, and it was uh, it looked you know it had the rusty nails in it. It was uh, just like a old weathered wood. And walking up to that, I was kind of freaked out a little bit because I thought, well, I hope there's no one living in that because you don't want to walk and catch someone off someone off guard there. And we're just walking up there, checking out the hunting stand. And my friend actually had to go use the bathroom. So he went he went um, off the ridge behind me. And I was just kind of walking up to the hunter stand and checking it out, seeing just seeing what it was made of. And as I'm kind of watching, looking at the hunting stand, I start to hear walking down in the, in the swamp below us. And it was slow, you know, quiet at first. It started, you know, getting louder towards us. And you just hear sticks cracking, uh, winds breaking. And it sounded like someone on two legs walking through the swamp. And I started getting kind of freaked out. So I shouted down at it. Who's there? Hello. I was trying to, you know, let someone know we're up here so we don't you know, freak someone out or anything. And I'm staring down at the swamp for, for what felt like forever. And for a split second, not even, wasn't long enough for me to get a good look at it, but long enough to know there was something there i saw a black shape go from tree to tree and just continued to walk through the swamp for another few seconds and it just stopped and i don't know if it went where i couldn't hear it anymore or if it just stopped and like looked at us but uh, whatever was there couldn't really hear it it was just um standing in the swamp so i got my friend was like yo we gotta get out of here um i think there's someone stalking us at because at the time i was uh I was thinking that, you know, there's some weird guy in the woods kind of like watching us or, you know, stalking us. 
So we just got out of there, head back to the car. And I really didn't think of much of it till maybe a few days later. And, you know, it pretty, it freaked us out pretty good that day. That's for sure. So, well, first of all, um, did your friend, I mean, so how far away was your friend like going to use the bathroom? Did, Probably did about like he, 50 yards. Sorry. So, so did he hear anything or did he notice any noise like you did? No, he just heard me shouting and, you know, he assumed I was talking to him, but I told him like, nah, there's some weird dude down there walking around the swamp. He's like, well, I mean, it's not, it's not hunting season. It's, you know, there shouldn't really be any way out there. There's no trails that go through there. It's not like it's a very active hiking area. Um, it's, you know, just a random swamp out in the middle of nowhere that, you know, two crazy kids like us are just out checking out. So, well, you know, well, well, and also what, what if you notice somebody else out there, it, you're you're going to make yourself known, right? I mean, if you don't want to get shot, right? Like if you're the dude out walking in the in the swamp, I mean, aren't you gonna? You're not just gonna go hide behind a tree, right? If yeah. it's a guy, <laughs> no, definitely not. I mean, especially dressed in black or dark clothing, while you know you're in an area with you know you no people probably hunt at and even though it wasn't hunting season it's just you know it didn't make sense to me at the time why someone was out there like you know stalking us because that's all my brain could really rationalize at the time just that that someone was out there kind of you know stalking us and you know you don't know who crazy people go out in the pine barrens all the time to hide out from the law and you know escape escape uh, capture and at the time, I'm thinking it's one of those people, like a fugitive. So, you know, we, we just got hightailed it out of there and didn't even really think about it. So what so what was it a couple of days later that made you reevaluate what it, what it was that you saw? I started rationalizing it in my head. I started thinking, okay, there's no way some dude is going to be out there walking pretty deep in the forest through the swampland and this thick, you know, green, green briar lined swamps. And I, I, I really, then my head went to black bear, went to, you know, coyotes and I'm like, nah, it couldn't have been any of those either. It was walking on like two legs. So I, I just kind of, I kind of was like, well, maybe I had some sort of encounter out there of, you know, the Jersey devil or something. And that's kind of what I thought about for, for a while. Um, till I, till I, you know, till I met people who, uh, actually do research out there, uh, with uh, with Sasquatches of all things, and they were telling me that I probably had you know an encounter with one, and I really didn't think about it at the time. It wasn't what you expect to have as an encounter. You know, it's it's very it was very underwhelming. It was very you know, it's not like my jaw was to the floor. It was just like well, some something was just walking past in the woods, and I didn't get a good look at it. That's really all it was. But in my head, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I go out there all the time. I've explored a good portion of some of these areas and no random dudes just could be out there walking in these swamps for no reason. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you obviously have, if you're doing like some sort of research, you have, you have an eye for detail and you're seeing what wildlife is out there. And yeah, ask yourself, how many times have you come across just some random human walking? You know, it probably it probably doesn't happen <laughs> very yep. often. Very rarely. Now, how 
now you said you only saw it for a couple seconds. Were you able to like get an idea? Like for because you, you right away thought it was a human, so it must not have been gigantic yeah, or no. so big. Okay, so it looked average, like an average size, like a I six foot, maybe six six and a half foot, probably. It wasn't okay. like crazy big thing walking through the woods. It just you know it caught me as a human. Um, I, w- I didn't go down there to measure the trees or anything. I just kind of was like, all right, I'm going to get out of here and not bother this person because obviously he's trying to hide for a reason. <laughs> so I just I just got out of there and didn't think much of it. But, yeah, I would guesstimate about between six, six and a half foot is probably what I would say. So so then you find so then you find some people that actually are out there studying or trying to, you know, redoing some Bigfoot research in the same area that you saw this thing? I was actually on the, that was on the BFRO expedition, actually, uh, where I met some people and they were basically telling me like, yeah, it sounds like you had an encounter with one. And, you know, it was, I, I was like, well, maybe I did. <laughs> like, maybe I did. I really didn't um, register that as because when you're in New Jersey, you don't really think about Bigfoot. You don't think about Sac. That's like a Pacific Northwest thing. It's not really a South Jersey thing. This is the Jersey Devils, Jersey Devils habitat. This is this, you know, there can't be Bigfoot and the Jersey Devil here. You know, it's supposed to be, uh, you know, one thing at a time here. But, you know, really looking at it, I mean, I can't I really can't say it was the Jersey Devil I saw. I, I just didn't really know what I was looking at. So did you, so did this begin you on a quest to do some more research then to find, um, to find out like if what it was you saw? Yeah, I go out there occasionally every once in a while. I don't, um, cause I still do, um, I still send in stuff to the state for, uh, uh, for snake stuff, but I do go out there occasionally and I do, uh, I conduct my own, uh, research out there per se just seeing what i could hear because when i'm out there in the woods i uh you know i know what barred owls sound like i know what coyotes sound like and when you hear certain things out in the woods that you can't really explain you just kind of you really don't know what to think of it so so what have you now did you end up doing anything with the bfro yeah i uh went on i went on an expedition um in september actually of last year and went out to a location uh that was pretty active at the time of the expedition and got to he- uh get to, got to learn a lot of stuff got to hear a lot of stuff um that's probably really what spiraled me into doing the research that I do now because I didn't do too much research with that stuff. I really still didn't. I was very borderline. I didn't really believe in any of that between 2018 and now uh, until the expedition. I just kind of pushed it aside and I just kept doing what I do out there. But it wasn't really until the expedition until I really started taking it more seriously um, because it opened my eyes to a lot of different things and all the possibilities that you know, there is a potential undiscovered uh, cryptid out there that um, science isn't aware of. So what? Um, OK, so now, did you personally have any experiences when you when you went out there with them? 
yeah, uh, I definitely, uh, it was one of the cra- craziest weekends probably in my life. You know, that's saying something, you know, <laughs> <laughs> okay. being in my, my mid twenties and, you know, calling that the craziest uh, weekend of my life. <laughs> well, but, uh, okay. So let's, so let's hear it. And then I will be the judge of whether or not that could be, you know, whether I'm disappointed that it's the craziest weekend of your life or, if, you know, maybe you should aim higher, you know, <laughs> get out. <laughs> stay, stay out of the woods and go to a party like a normal person. <laughs> but, so, uh, so yeah. So, so tell us what happened this weekend. So I was, uh, I got there probably Thursday night and, we uh, got there, and the guy who organized it was basically giving us the uh, lay, lay, lay down of uh, the rules and what to expect of us and what to do. And I'm just kind of thinking we're all introducing ourselves, and you know we're out telling our stories before we actually got out to do our first uh, night operation. And the night operation was something what they call the Pied Piper uh, routine, which is where a group of people sit just off trail and watch us walk past and see if anything's following us. And we, we would split up, go to point A and the other group would go to point B and we would just kind of sit there and, uh, conduct, uh, we, we would conduct, uh, provocations, which is when you make, uh, vocalizations and hopes of a response. So one team, uh, point A was at point A doing their thing and we were at point B doing our thing. So, the first night, you know, really is, wasn't anything to write home about. You know, I heard a lot of unexplained stuff, like I was sound like it could have been like some sort of Ohio howl in the distance, but it was hard to really hear. hear. It was like on the edge of my hearing, and we heard a few uh, few wood knocks, but nothing really too crazy. So I was like, all right, well that's pretty cool. I hope, you know, I hope it gets a little bit better from here. But we had we headed out, headed back to camp, and uh, basically. Uh, waited for the next night um the the team that was sitting off the trail said they didn't see anything following us so that was night night one was kind of underwhelming uh night two was uh a lot more interesting so we got to a a new location uh there's a cranberry bog there and just off the cranberry bog there's a small pond with a uh, a dead end road right next to the pond and on the other side there was a, a group and then i was in another group that was at the pond so what we would do is we'd go out there and we would sit there for a little while and basically talk and talk about life and let time go by, let the woods settle back around us. And that's when we would start doing our uh, our research um, and, and start trying to get some reactions from any, anything in the woods. Um, so we're sitting there and the guy tells me, hey, you should go uh, do a whoop, which is a uh, pretty popular uh, vocalization that they're supposed to uh, use. So I, I go up and I uh, I do a I do my whoop. I kind of uh, I'm at the edge of the pond and at, right after I do it, uh, right in the swamp, uh, I heard three distinct whoops. Uh, kind of what it sounded like something kind of like fleeing fleeing away from us. And I was kind of my mind was kind of blown by that. I was like, okay. I don't know anything that makes that sound. That was not an owl. That wasn't a coyote. That wasn't, you know, anything I know in the night that makes that sound. That was freaky. But I kind of, I still kind of toss it up as like, all right, well, maybe that was my mind playing tricks on me or that was an echo or something. 
so I sat back down and we're kind of sitting there and we're, you know, we're talking, uh, so a couple other people did some provocations, but nothing really came of it. As we're sitting there and we're, uh, we're, uh, talking, we kind of hear, here in the woods behind us, we, what's, they call samurai chatter, which is, it's, it's, it's hard to explain, but it's like, it sounds like another language, like people speaking in another language, but like deep, like deep, deep, uh, deep voice. You know, we're sitting there at the chairs and we kind of hear in the woods, like, I, I can't even do it because it, it's so undescribable. And I'm just, I'm just thinking to myself, what's that? Like, that's freak. And it was still on the edge of my hearing. I couldn't really get, but it was getting just a bit louder where I was able to hear it. I'm, I'm hearing like something that sounded like walk, walk, just, I guess what they call samurai chapter. And we're just hearing this. And then a few minutes later, just when it started to kind of get good, uh, some ATVers uh, drove in and uh, kind of spooked away the action, I want to say. So, oh, geez. Oh, you... <laughs> yeah. And that's a, that's a problem. You start to remember that you're in New Jersey and that, you know, this forest is surrounded by, you know, tons of developments and, and houses. So people will definitely drive into the woods at night and, and, you know, speed through the woods and boy, and, you know, make a ton of noise. But before that, it was definitely freaky what we were hearing. So after that, you know, nothing really happened after that. It was very dead. So I was like, all right, we're going to call tonight and head back. So second night was a little bit better, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't still, it still wasn't anything crazy, nothing convincing. So then you Saturday. Mean, no way. I'm going to stop yeah. you right there. I am going yeah. to stop you. So you were out there in the woods and heard what they call the samurai chatter. Yeah. And, and that was underwhelming. That was no big deal. Oh man. I mean, <laughs> it's underwhelming. You're underselling this. You're underselling yeah, this. I really because am. <laughs> So for everybody that everybody that's listening, if you want to really, if you want to stop right now to go get a, listen to a great recording of that, look up Ron Moorhead's uh, Sierra Sounds, and that is some of the best recording of the so-called samurai chatter, which really yeah. does sound like um, two to three different beings or individuals out there speaking to each other in a language and mimicking the English speaking people or taunting them. I mean, it's crazy. It is how, how it sounds like people talking in a language that we don't understand. Now, now were you guys, um, was anybody trying to record any of this or not? Yeah. Well, the thing is, um, in this contract from the BFRO, anything that's recorded uh, that, uh, actually belongs to the expedition so isn't property it's it's property of the bfro so i think somewhere in the bfro there's probably recordings of it there probably isn't like i said the reason why it was so underwhelming to me at the time because it was just so distant but it was clear that it was okay. language and communication i mean if it was right next to us that would really freak okay me out. i got you i got you so it was <laughs> it was maybe a hundred yards away or even further. Yeah. Probably even further than that. It was like just on the edge of my hearing where it was just like, what? Like, I couldn't even, it, it sounded like gibberish. It sounded like what gibberish would sound like. Um, so that's what, that's why I kind of called that underwhelming. <laughs> but, um, so I, so anyway, the next night is really when things heated up a lot. Um, 
we get out there same time like 10 like 9 30 10 o'clock and uh this time we have three teams um we have one team on the other end of the pond on of the lake that was there we have a team in an area known as the bowl and the bowl is an area that um supposedly is very active and another team was near the dam where uh there was some activity too so we're kind of sitting there um and we decided to split up we have the girls stay at the bowl um and we're gonna have a couple some of the guys go to the dam and basically record the lake with the therm and see if we can get any uh action or activity doing that so we're sitting there and for the first two and a half hours it was just dead nothing was happening you know it was like 1230 and, and it was just nothing was going on. And I'm thinking in my head, like, ah, oh, great. You know, tonight's going to be, a, you know, last night here, it's going to be a bust. You know, I'm going to kind of leave here with more questions than answers. And just in my head, I'm like, man, I, you know, wish something would happen. You know, it was just nothing was going, nothing was happening. We were hearing, we were actually hearing beavers in the lake slapping their tails against the water and doing all that type of stuff. And, you know, it wasn't just nothing else was going on. So we were just kind of sitting there enjoying talking about life. And, you know, I'm talking to this one guy, Mike, and he's, you know, we're just, you know, he's uh, basically like talking about my, you know, talking about my generation and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, boy, you know, here we go. So I started like once we started getting that conversation out of nowhere, uh, the radio goes off. And one of the women from the group at the bowl is telling the guy like, hey, can you guys come back to the bowl? There's, uh, you know, uh, one of our guys are talking to one right now. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what? Like, talking, communicate, talking with one? Like, I didn't know what they meant. So anyway, we just got up and walked over there. And, you know, this is like a probably, you know, 150 yard walk from the edge of the dam to the bowl. And as we're walking down the trail, uh, the guy I'm with says he, he saw red eye shine. I couldn't see it, but I didn't, I didn't doubt. I didn't doubt what he said, but, uh, as we're walking, as we go around the corner, we hear two really loud wood knocks right next to us almost like, like as we went around the corner. So that freaked us out a lot. Like, you know, like if it was, it was like warning, warning of, uh, warning, you know, of thoughts coming. So we finally get to the bowl and, uh, they're um one of the wet women is uh doing these really soft whoops not wasn't anything really loud it was just you know it was whoop just really light uh light uh whoops and then lo and behold uh probably about 100 yards away you got the same you got the same uh vocalization coming back and she she kept doing it. She kept uh, making these noises, and it was responding. Sometimes it would respond with a wood knock. Sometimes it would respond with a uh, a, a whoop and a whistle. And she was definitely, I guess, communicating with one, um, if that's what you want to call it. it. And it was just sitting there listening to that. I was like, you know, in my head, I'm like, you know, this is insane. That ain't that. You know, as far as I know, there's nothing out in these woods that you know mock or uh you know can make the same noises yeah, that imitate yeah imitate what, yeah 
I mean, let's face it. Most things out in the woods, if they know there's a human out there, are running the other way. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So, what else? <laughs> what else? Is um, so, as, as she's communicating with that, we're just kind of sitting there and just enjoying it. And that kind of died off. That went away. And then we're sitting there talking like, wow, that's insane. I can't believe that happened. And down in the swamp, we kind of hear, we, we hear what sound like this really low moaning sound, just, just sound like almost like sad. Like I couldn't even describe the noise. It was like a sad, uh, it was like a sad, like moaning, like, like sound growling sound, like coming in the woods and, you could hear, you could hear, you could hear it was something like walking towards us, kind of like in the swamp. It was just, man, I came in. It was like a, it sounded like something that was almost like lovesick. If that's, if that makes sense. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It, it was does. very, uh, it was like, whoa, like, like it was, it was freaky. It was like what you would imagine to hear in like a Hollywood ghost movie or something, just this like sad, like almost solemn sound, like going through the woods. And I'm, I'm, I, like I said, in the moment, I'm just so overstimulated with everything that's going on. And I'm, I'm just like, what is like, what is happening right now? You know, I'm, I'm like wide awake. I'm not tired. I'm, you know, it's, you know, one in the morning, but like all of this stuff is just happening all at once. And I'm like, I really don't, no one's going to believe me. This is, you know, this is totally insane. There's just no way this is happening right now. We're not, we're totally not, you know, having like we are basically almost surrounded by them. It, it felt like because um, there's one behind us. There was the one that uh, the one of the women was communicating with one, and you know, in my head, I'm just like, this is just insane. Like, I can't believe this is like real. Like, this is really happening right now. Um, so we're just listening to that, and then after that, like the it all kind of died down. It just uh went away and uh the women actually went on a actually decided to take a walk which i thought you know they're kind of insane for because i was i was a little <laughs> freaked out even being there with a bunch of other people i was like all right i'm not going in this woods right now by myself let alone you know just going deep into the woods to find what this thing is but they just walked down the trail and they you know they they said that they recorded um the same type of noise um further in the woods but you know not it wasn't anything too crazy um and the next day just kind of headed out you know went home and you know i was i was definitely very uh my eyes were very opened to the possibility of uh these things really being out there and existing so so obviously you were out there with some people that were way more experienced than than you were okay right now what 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 are they saying what are they feeling what are they you know how are they processing all this stuff that's happening um are they i mean obviously they're you know if the, those women i mean they must have experienced some stuff like this before for them to be i mean if the women are going to just walk into the woods and go after it they they obviously have encountered this before and they're not they're not fearing anything that they're um that they're hearing yeah i mean they were uh 
they were very seasoned to say the least. Um, the people who run it, you know, had their own research organization where they've had crazier encounters than I've had. And, um, you know, they're just out there, you know, showing us the ropes per se. Um, and they, they definitely, they acknowledge that it was probably one of the most active nights they've had in a very long time, which was pretty cool to be a part of. But I think the fact that, you know, they were so almost so like, I won't say they're blank faced to it, but they were just so like, yeah, this is, this is, this, is, this isn't too, anything too crazy here. You know, this happens. And I'm thinking to myself, what do you mean, man? Like if I hear this in the middle of the woods. I'm, you know, I'm out of there. I'm not, I'm, I'm not staying, I'm not staying around to find out what's in here. You know, it, it was, it was uh, eye opening to say the least. And the fact that these people are out there, you know, seasoned veterans uh, of the topic and the hobby of uh, squatching per se, that just the, just to see how they react to that type of stuff was uh, very cool. So because we're coming up on the Super Bowl, I'll use a a uh, Super Bowl analogy. They were the Tom Brady getting the ball with, you know, 45 seconds left and 90 yards to go. And you were the Baker Mayfield. Uh, oh, man. Since I'm a Browns fan, you're uh, the Baker sorry Mayfield. Sorry to hear that, man. <laughs> But, but you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. but, but think about it. The next time you're out there and that stuff is happening, you're going to have a different level of, of reaction to it because you've got the experience, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I would think. You would be like, okay, it's, I've been here before. I, I've seen this. Yeah. You, you definitely, uh, yeah, you certainly, uh, once you have, you've been through that before, you're a lot more experienced with it. You know how to handle it. Like I said, I was, I was always, I wouldn't say I was always a skeptic, but I was very borderline for like the longest time. I'm not even a hundred percent a believer, really. I can't really sit here and say, but I, I don't know what I heard out there. I don't know what um, that I was. Those noises I was hearing, I can't, I can't really pin that to anything else, really, other than being what these people are out there looking for, and. I'm, I am genuinely very impressed by how well they, you know, handle themselves and are able to uh, conduct their research um, in these areas and can sit there and basically keep a straight face while they're um, doing this stuff. So it was very, uh, it was very cool to be in that in the same area with them while this was all happening. So, so now, so they had to have caught some sort of evidence, but it doesn't. Well, so explain this to me then. Does that stuff not get shared or does it just stay within the BFRO? I mean, shouldn't that be something that they should be putting out there for the general? Because I've never got on the BFRO website and messed around too much. So I don't know if they put up uh, evidence like that or not. So yeah. um, like I said, I have no I'm not 100 percent sure what happens to what's recorded. Um, I do know that someone people did record those sounds that night um i, I, have, a, I have a duke I, I have a good friend who does have recordings of it and uh once once she gets the uh, recordings out there I'm, I'm definitely excited to hear them again um but as far as whatever they record i think it's whoever runs the events it's up to their accord to release them and uh to hmm do whatever they want with them. You know, I think that they should be put out there for the public because if it is a real animal, I mean, anything that's, you know, 
if it's it consents if it consented to the science and scrutiny, I mean, why not put it out there? You know, I would love to more than anything for it to be debunked and hey, okay, it's this kind of animal. They migrate here this time of the year. You know, this is what you were hearing that night. I would love for that to happen, but until that happens, you know, you can't, you can't help the, your mind but to wonder what, what's you know what's going on out there. Well, what what always strikes me, I mean is that you like i said before any wild animal that comes into con- into the proximity of humans is running away even a bear out like a black bear i mean they they don't really want to be hanging out around humans and so unless somebody's messing with you or something <coughs> was hunting you okay <laughs> you know what else you know what's the other reasonable explanation then exactly. there is something out there that has some sort of higher intelligence who maybe just was you know maybe maybe they're somewhere going oh my god they were out in the woods you're never going to believe it these things they walk on two on two feet and they have this language and you know they could be having the same discussion that we're having right right now yeah i mean you never know it's you know it's all these all these crazy things that go through your head when you're out there i mean you know there's a lot of there's a lot of possibilities to it so, so did any of those people that you were with, I mean, I'm sure they, they, they had to told you some of their experiences. What were some of the ones that stood out to you from New Jersey, from that same area that they had themselves? So the one guy that was there, um, he says he might've actually had a potential Jersey devil sighting, which is actually very interesting. So, um, this guy that was there, he was a hunter and, he was out in uh, the same state forest, genuine state forest hunting, and he told me that he heard uh, what sounded like a, like a woman screaming type noise out there, and he said that he saw a large, a large creature fly off, you know, into the woods, and I'm thinking to myself, well this dude's a hunter. He knows what's out there. He knows what he's looking at. That's, you know, it's pretty freaky that, you know, he, he had that type of encounter. Um, as far as the other encounters that I heard, um, nothing totally stood out to me. Uh, it was very, very, uh, much the same type of stuff, uh, that I was hearing. Um, and genuine and genuinely the same type of encounters that, you know, noises in the woods, uh, um, lots of, uh, vocalizations, wood knocks, that type of stuff. So, so no, so nobody, you know, that actually had a visual of something that they. Not that I remember. You mean not even, so realistically, not even as good as the visual you had. Yeah. And that's, uh, I think, I think that's, um, I thought that's what was pretty cool that, uh, I might've really potentially been the only one with the real visual there um the guy that was there running it did have a visual um of one he was uh actually driving he was a researcher at the time driving home um and he told me that he was uh with his lady friend at the time and they were driving down this road um that cuts through an area known as medford and this is like one in the morning and he says that one ran out in front of this car and kind of looked over at his car like like it was saying like oh crap and and it kept it kept like running into the woods and 
and I, and I thought that was really interesting because, uh, He's, he's told that story multiple times um, to different people, and I've, I've always thought that would have been that was so cool that he had an encounter like that. And that typically, that sounds like the encounter that most everybody would love to have in your car driving by <laughs> and seeing yeah. one. Like nobody yeah, wants to come face to face with no. something like that in the woods. Oh, so, definitely not. No. So have you? Now I know we're into winter and it's terrible here in Ohio, so I'm sure it's not any better in New Jersey. But um, have you, since that night, have you gone out and done any more investigations or any more research into the area? I have, yeah. Um, I was out at a, this was probably a month after the actual expedition. I went to an area similar to um, where we were at. Um, This was um, just a, uh, it was like a large hill that I was looking at on Google Maps that looked interesting to go check out there. So um i brought my friend uh my friend there and we uh decided to do some night night ops out there and just see what was going on because i was at the time i was kind of thinking to myself like man it would be cool to have like my own encounter without really having a bunch of other people around so which there's nothing wrong with being around a bunch of people with it and sharing that but i I was just genuinely curious to see if i could go out there and do it myself this you know this is me me learning the uh uh, learning the trade and the tactics of uh, what I, what these people were doing. So in this particular area, there's a hill, and we were walking out to this new spot. Uh, this was about a mile and a half away from where the expedition was at, still in very deep forest. Um, so we walk up, and we're getting ready to check out this new location, and we hear a deer um, run off into the woods, and you heard the you know the four the four legs, the, you know, the, the clacking of the deer running away, you know, clearly something with four legs. So we're sitting there kind of laughing about it because when I heard the deer running away, it really freaked me out. I was like, what? Like there's, an... <laughs> and it was a deer. So we're, we kept walking down the, the trail and we hear what sounded like something on two legs run towards us. Like, like I run and stop probably about 15, 10, 15 yards in front of us in the dark and I couldn't see anything, but something clearly ran on two legs towards us and just stopped and kind of huffed a few times. It sounded like something like huffing. And I had my flashlight on my head. I didn't, I didn't have it on, but I, I was like, I wanted to turn, I, everything in my body just did not want to turn that light on. I was really freaked out. I was like, man, there's something right there. And I, I I couldn't get myself to turn my flashlight on to look at it. And we just kind of walked away and just headed out of there. I was like, all right, well, we just got bluff charged. So I don't think whatever's there wants us there. And we just headed out, <laughs> kind of got scared by that. And that was the first time I really ever experienced like that, something like that by myself, other than the encounter I had. So what, um, I mean, so it's not enough to keep you out of the woods, right? I mean, you're going to keep going back and. Yeah. And... I, um, the only time, the only thing I struggle with it, uh, struggle with, uh, the, with that, um, that, that in my mind, um, not that I'm scared of anything. It's that when I'm out doing my own, my snake stuff and doing, um, 
other research, I kind of, my mind wanders like, hmm, I wonder if this would be a good area to go at night and do all this stuff. So it's actually hard for me to concentrate on other, th- like other things while I'm thinking about, you know, Bigfoot and all that other, all that other stuff. So I'm, I'm kind of sitting there like when I'm like, when I got in the woods, I'm trying to do two things at once. And that really distracts me a lot from doing um, other things. So I think that's like the only thing I really struggle with when I when I've had those encounters, just um, being genuinely curious about that subject while I'm out there doing something else. I think that's like the only thing I struggle with. Well, um, I think uh, obviously you have a you've had some pretty great experiences by yourself and with the group i mean you got to definitely keep going out because i think it seems like maybe whatever is happening out there is attracted to you (laughs) for lack of a better way to put it you know i mean i think i don't know it seems kind of like um maybe you being out there in the woods so much um there's some stuff out there it's used to you i mean i don't know if that sounds crazy or not but um maybe you're going to be be the one that has the, the best opportunity to find some even better evidence you know yeah i mean i don't want to now, sound like i'm sending you out there as bait but you know if that's what hey if that's <laughs> what i gotta do that's what i gotta do for the uh, conservation and the preservation of the pine lands you know i mean <laughs> well i think that's i, I think it, it not being from the area obviously and the jersey devil being the main culprit of whatever folklore is out there i mean i i didn't realize and it, and i guess it would only make sense that that would be great habitat for sasquatch or bigfoot so i i just think it sounds like it's to me like an untapped area of research as far as you know getting out there and and seeing what's out there you know yeah for sure oh. i mean it's great it's great area now i do want to i do want to point out like you were talking about the sand out there yeah how freaky is that to be walking in the middle of the woods and have it be sandy dude it's I mean, weird. That, <laughs> that is weird and i understand why it's sandy um because that used to be ocean uh, however many millions of years ago but that would just that would really that would really be uh that would just really be strange to walk out there in the middle of the woods and see basically sand dunes. Yeah, it's oh. uh, it's weird. I mean, like I said, the the Pinelands itself is just you know, you know, just unique in so many different ways with the amount of habitat that's out there. With you know, whether it's these upland sandy, you know, pine forests, cedar swamps, bog systems, uh, yeah, saltwater marshes on the edges of them, farmland, oak forests. Like, there's just a plethora of different different um habitats and and ecosystems in this general area and it really is it's it's really awesome to have that in your backyard pretty much yeah well well jacob i you know i do definitely want to thank you for reaching out when we ask for some (laughs) ask for some people in that area i mean these are some these are some great stories and it gives us a really um it gives us a much better insight on what actually the Pine Barrens is, you know, as far as um, the land itself and, and what it looks like. Um, and I would say, 
if you're, you know, if you're out there and if you're one friend, you know, those vocalizations, man, we'd love, I'd love if you send those to us and we could get them up on, uh, on our Facebook and Instagram stuff. That would be cool for sure. For sure. Yeah. I would so. definitely look into that and trying to uh, get those uploaded as soon as possible because I would love to hear them myself again. Yeah. That, yeah. That would be, that would be a, uh, something, uh, something I think uh, all of our listeners would definitely enjoy, but, uh, but Jacob, Hey, keep going out there, keep getting evidence, keep having experiences because I want to hear about them for sure. You know, and if you, um, if you do hear any more stuff about the Jersey devil, or you hear somebody that has a um, has what they think is an experience, man. Send them our way. I'd, I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to get into that a little bit more and just and just see really what people uh, are seeing out there. Because I mean, uh, there's got to be some. I'm like you. People see something now, whether they understand everything about what they're seeing or not. That may not. You know, that may be the case. But people are seeing something. Um, you know. Even, you know, you guys are hearing something out in the woods. You saw something out there in the swamp. So, you know, that's why we're, that's why we have this show. And, and there's a lot of other shows like it with people telling their experiences. So we can kind of figure out like, well, what's everybody, what's everybody seeing, you know? So, um, but I appreciate you coming on and, and getting a hold of us and sharing your experience. Uh, for sure. I appreciate, I appreciate you guys having me on. Well, everybody, that's the uh, that's the show. I mean, I don't know, I don't know how. I almost forget how we ended it. It's been so long. But <laughs> but uh, but like I said, if you get if anybody out there listening's got an experience they want to share, make sure they get a hold of us on our social media. Uh, After the shadows on Facebook, uh, our Instagram page for from the shadows, or just go to our from the shadows podcast dot com website. Uh, and send us a message and uh, keep your fingers crossed say some prayers for jason he needs them still but uh, we want to get him back on and uh, um, make the show complete because i know nobody's nobody's tuning in to listen to me so (laughs) so jacob you take care out there and we will uh, we'll talk to you soon i appreciate it thank you very much at parker our purpose is simple We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 